Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We are February 22nd, less than three weeks from NFL free agency. Legal tampering begins on March 13th, and players can officially sign on March 15th. But tonight, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. We might do a session this offseason, kind of going team by team, breaking down free agency, the draft, offseason, all of that. And we're going to talk to Jonathan Baskerville, our old friend who joins us about two or three times per year about the Bears and pretty much only the Bears. First, though, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs that concluded to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. We are back with an off-season edition of the Trend Zone, and this is the Bears edition. We welcome back Jonathan. I think this is the fourth time or so you've been on. How you been, man? Yeah. Yes, sir. I've been good. Just trying to get through this winter and get get us to an NFL season. All right, oh, yeah. and tell us where we can find you on Twitter, sir. Uh, you can find me at... Three point stands pod. That's three P O I N T S T A N S P as in Paul O D. Three point stands pod. Perfect. Okay. All right. So you're you're the Bears guy tonight of the panel, and you're gonna probably get a lot of familiar questions that you've either been thinking about or other podcasts have asked you. So please bear with us if they're like, all right, I've answered this one hundred times before. Uh, and I especially say that to uh, the first question because thanks to the Vikings and the, uh, let's see, Colts, the Bears have number one overall pick. And I am think a lot of us think it's a foregone conclusion that that pick is traded. A, I want to know if you agree with that. And then B, what kind of, what do you think shakes down with uh, whether it's Fields or Bryce Young? Give us a synopsis. Uh, I think the idea of trading Justin Fields just to draft a quarterback that's around his age is about as asinine as you can get. Obviously, there are benefits, I guess, if you will, for contract purposes, resetting the rookie contract, uh, getting a quote unquote better prodigy coming out of college. Uh, when they're looking at Bryce Young and they're looking at uh, Stroud, they're putting them head and shoulders above Justin Fields as if we didn't visually see Justin Fields take down Clemson with one of the best quarterback uh, prospects uh, on the other side of the ball. And um, it is just ridiculous as if we didn't watch him through college like we get it. He didn't have a, a great passing year or a great passing start to his uh, NFL campaign. However, look at what he's been given. And we can go through all of that. That's a whole nother story. I know we got uh, later on in the show to talk about the roster and, and uh, what we need to add to it. But it's ridiculous. We've seen the electricity. We've seen what he can provide uh, when he's on point, when he's protected, and even when he's not protected what he can do with his legs, with his arm, when things break down, the hits that he took and how he stood up and, and, and got back out there, the fire that he lit into the team. It's, it's utterly ridiculous for just that reason alone to let this kid go just to reset after he's only been in here uh, for two years when he's got the whole team behind him and the whole city behind him. However, on the other end, when you look at what draft conversation will you get for a player that you're giving up on? 
I, I get it that people think, oh, well, Carolina liked them in the draft. Well, if Carolina liked them that much, they would have drafted them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now you're at a point. Now you're at a point where you don't have leverage. How do you have leverage when you're getting giving up on a kid and basically saying, well, he's not our franchise, especially the Bears. If if the Bears franchise of all franchises, and I love my team, but we are not quarterback gurus. <laughs> so if you're giving up on a quarterback, you're not getting no leverage. They're going to look at you like you didn't know what you were doing when you were drafting the kid. So we'll give you the it's almost like walking into that pawn shop uh show i forgot the name of it and they're like eh, eh, we can give you 15 bucks <laughs> well <laughs> I, you know what i think though from an onlooker and an unbiased uh voice in this and just by the the tape and stuff that i saw justin fields put up last year i think he could command a pretty decent amount actually um, maybe I'm wrong there, but I mean, he, I think Justin Fields was electric last year. I mean, he made, he made a lot of highlight reels. Now I, you know, granted he, he didn't have the best year passing, but, um, the, the, the few games that I saw and one that sticks out to me is against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Now they lost that game, but he made some big time throws in that game. Um, I don't know. I think you, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything that you said, uh, but I think Justin Fields could pull some, uh, I, I'd say at least a first and a third. I, I don't yeah. think so. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so don't, in regards to, in regards to leverage that what you, what else that you're holding on to. So let me explain it this way. So leverage is in, in, in this, in this draft, there are like three to four quarterbacks that they're saying that are going to go in the top 10. So there's already, what, four to five quarterback needy teams in those positions, right? So at this point, you're either going to trade Justin Fields for, and I'm sorry, I hate to say it, he's not going for a first when you have a number one pick in your pocket. They're not going to let you just take over the first round like that. The people are going to fight and fight and fight just to just to because all they got to do is just sit there and just take whatever falls to the man. Because there's already three to four other quarterbacks. Now they may not be as as great as Justin Fields, but they won't have to give up their full future for one of the a, a guy that you're not even sure about. So now they have to take him, put him in another system, and then try to figure that out. So I'm not saying that he's not great enough. I believe in Justin Fields. I'm one of the biggest Justin Fields fans there is. What I don't believe is that you're going to be able to have that same leverage, not as much as the first number one pick is is really what I'm comparing. Oh, yeah. No, no. Not the compared to that. I'd I'd rather trade that pick, keep Justin Fields, who is – a generational talent, I don't care what people say. You have to put talent around him, which we'll get to. But you can trade that first pick, keep Justin Fields, move back to, let, let's let say you move back to four with the Colts. Then if there's a constant battle going between the fourth and the ninth, I believe the Raiders are in ninth, right? Uh, uh, the ninth pick, Seven. I'm sorry. Uh, Panthers at ninth. The ninth, right? So... If the Raiders, they just released Derek Carr and they're looking for somebody and they can't maybe uh, make the move to get Aaron Rodgers since it just came out that he's more than likely going back to Green Bay, then now they're battling and trying to move up to try to find another quarterback. So then you can maybe uh, slightly move back to, and it sounds crazy, but you move back to nine, everybody's talking about Carter and, uh, and, and Willie Anderson. I get it. They're generational talents in themselves. But once you draft them at anywhere between one and four, then what else can you feel? We have way too many holes, way too many holes <laughs> to be just grabbing one generational talent and then having to wait all the way to the late second round. Uh, no, I, so I'm sorry. To be- uh, no, I do agree with you 100 percent. Obviously, the first round pick is going to net you way more capital than Justin Fields is going to net you. But I want everybody's opinion. What do you- you suppose the trade value for Justin Fields would be for uh for a quarterback needy team? 
probably like after what we like, saw last year. Probably like a first or a second, but I don't I don't think it I don't think it matters anyways. I think that right now everybody just got cold feet before the dance. It's so early in the mm-hmm. process that we're we're talking about, you know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. I think a month from now it's it's gonna be it's gonna be history. I mean, for the Bears to have these quarterback dilemmas for as long as they've had them, and then to play themselves out of a great hand that they've been dealt, I don't think it's gonna happen. No. I mean, maybe with a team a little bit more dysfunctional, like the Cardinals or something like that. But I think the value of that number one pick, like y'all are talking about, is gonna be too much. Me personally, I think three quarterbacks are gonna go in the top five with with another one going following up right behind them in the top seven. And I, and I really do think that. So there's, there's no, I don't, maybe the Panthers, but I don't, I don't think Justin Fields is going to go anywhere that it would be ludicrous. To be honest, you're, you're going to take a great hand that you've been dealt the number one overall pick while you already have a quarterback. You say you believe in don't mess that up. I, I think they trade it to, um, Someone else, I do think they trade it for sure. Uh, even when you talk about the edge rusher potential, like you touched on, if they fall out of the range of Jalen Carter or Willie Anderson, there's so many young edge rushers at the top of this class, like Luca Vandes and a, a couple others. I, I, I definitely think they're trading back. I don't think Justin Fields, I'd say zero percent chance he's going anywhere. I don't want to make sure I'm clear. I don't think he is either. I, I was just yeah, curious I mean, on what you best what case his value scenario. Would be. I, but then again, at the same time, if Justin Fields was in this class, knowing for sure that he had the potential to run for a thousand yards in a season or he had an ounce of this talent, I would probably take him above CJ Stroud. As rookie, rookie um Justin Fields above CJ Stroud. So I mean you do kind of have an arguing point there, but I think the Bears are t- way too set up for taking care of Justin Fields, even if he does need a lot of money. Well, the Bears got a lot of money. They've been looking for this guy for how long now? And they got him. He's, he's not going to go out the door. Let me blow your mind, gentlemen. Let me blow your mind. <laughs> if they trade both. Yeah, for a veteran? I was <laughs> just thinking that. What if both. they trade both? Here's the deal. Justin Fields, the number one overall pick to the Baltimore or and uh, their it. third round pick to the Baltimore Ravens for Lamar and pick number 22 in the first round. Oh my You're God. Say That's Baltimore. insane. <laughs> Think about that. that uh, no. How does that sit with Explos- you, John? <laughs> explosion sound effect here. <laughs> yeah. That's Man, a good one. You went, you went absolutely crazy right there. Like, I, That's incredible. I love it. I, I that's that is absolutely incredible. I, I I actually mentally like the idea, but I love Justin Fields too much to, <laughs> to <laughs> just to, like man. I, I guess if I was in Poe's position, you almost can't say no to that. Like because you know you're yeah. gonna get a. So you're you're saying the first overall pick and Justin Fields, Justin Fields? are outgoing. Uh, you're getting back. Uh, Lamar and the 22nd overall pick. So you're, you're not losing the first rounder, but you are dropping down 22 slots and giving let another, up, uh, let another team hold the bag while while you got your signed. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm still looking at man. What what <laughs> it just it, it would have to depend on what they did in the in the actual free agency too. Like what yeah. holes did we fill in free agency? What holes did we, because. If you really think about it, we'll be way worse than the Ravens were when they got when they moved on to Lamar in his rookie year, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we don't really have very much here, like visually, like right, right now. So it would actually absolutely depend. Sounds great if we can put some pieces around them beforehand, because then I feel more at least veteran mm-hmm. pieces. I don't want every piece to come in to be a rookie that Lamar would have to depend on, or even Justin Fields would have to de- depend yep. on. So it sounds, that sounds amazing. You you need to post that. If you haven't posted that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And if you see, so you're trading both Justin Fields and the first overall pick to the Ravens. What do yeah. the Ravens then do with that first overall pick trade, trade back, trade back and <laughs> accumulate like three or four picks. Oh yeah. How, God, that God, right. Ravens would be set up for the next decade if they did that. 
Right. They I think they would they would kill poles for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, after yeah. you think about it, like man, the whole the whole you can get for like even if you if you were to say trade the first overall pick and Justin Fields for a haul, because then you could maybe grab you another quarterback in this mm-hmm. draft and still have an extra haul, maybe. But uh, it, it sounded nice with Lamar. <laughs> Lamar Jackson made it sound nice, but then that 22nd pick sounded like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Jonathan, when you and your co-hosts, co-hosts were on uh, late last summer, I think you guys described that polls, from what you knew at that point, none of them were necessarily married to fields. Are you of the opinion now that they are based on the things polls has said and therefore probably won't trade fields? Or do you think this is truly 50-50? I think you should always think um, with a GM in a position like this, this is it's not so much unique. But it does feel a bit rare because you you rarely get the first round pick, uh, especially your first two year 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 and a half two years in the mm-hmm. in the job, and all of this cap space. So you got to keep everything open. So that's why I spoke when I spoke to you all and, and greeted y'all when we first got on before we got live, and I was like, man, I'm nervous. The anxiety is <laughs> kicking in because I, I I do agree with you. I believe it's 50-50 until you get to that day. Okay. Because they're going to be trying. They're going to be playing those phones. They're going to be taking all type of calls and, and, and running every idea through the mill because you, you got to. Like, this is make or break, do or die for polls, for the Bears. We've had almost an infinity <laughs> Uh, type of lifetime uh, infinity and beyond of failures uh, when it comes to quarterback. Uh, even our Super Bowl winning quarterback wasn't that great. I mean, he was he was a fierce competitor. He was great in all those things. He, he could probably take a punch and give a punch, but we talking about playing the quarterback position and actually, you know, you know, being a Joe Montana esque, being a, a Pat Mahomes esque nowadays. You know, like. We, we we've never come close to any of that. So do you yeah. think that the pick would get traded pretty soon or closer to the de- or closer to the draft since it is a number one overall pick? Just curious. I know usually if it's after the first overall pick, it's usually closer to the draft, but why wait? Uh would someone be less willing to commit if it was closer to the draft and they knew they were competing for that spot. Cause I, I just think of um, the Titans and the Eagles trading up or you know the Rams and the Eagles trading up for Goff and Carson Wentz back in the day. It happened pretty early. I want to say it was like probably around the combine when they made those moves, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen anything like that since. So what do you guys think? Uh, the the 49ers trade, um, <laughs> Where they snagged that was pretty early. Lance, that was early. Yeah. Yeah. I, I when, did, when did they, when did they trade was, that, uh, Wes? Uh, uh, two or three weeks before the draft. Yeah. 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 I think we if Trevor and Zach were going, I think yeah. if the, the first overall pick in this case, the Bears, I think the trade would happen in advance because once you're on the clock, it's like, well, what the, right. fuck, what, what the fuck you've been waiting for? You've had five months to pick. <laughs> now nobody wants to. <laughs> yeah. Another, another interesting. <laughs> Interesting thing for the group I want to lift up, and Wes will appreciate this. I don't know if you guys watched that Lakers Hulu documentary about uh, the dynasty. And sometimes I forget just because it seems seamless on our end as the fan or the writer is like these situations are really touch and go in the Lakers circumstance when they pursued Shaquille O'Neal after his uh, stint with the Magic. They basically traded all of their players to clear cap space to have a chance to maybe get Shaq. They were about ready to go belly up, at least for their roster, with a chance to get Shaq. Or in that same vein, when they traded uh, the pick that landed Kobe Bryant for Vlade Divac, Vlade didn't want to go because all he knew about basketball was Los Angeles. And he was going to just quit basketball because he didn't want to do anything but 
the Lakers front office talked him into it and said, Vladdy, this will be good for the Lakers. And he was like, oh, this will help the Lakers? Okay, I'll do it. That's how loyal he was. But all of these deals are so contingent on you know doing the right thing. And the Lakers could have been sunk. And it's always introspective for me because when I see a draft night trade, I'm like, oh, okay, they fired one up. But it's always like the heat of the moment. You hope that you you, you do the right thing. So in this circumstance... Mm. I think that they're already talking about it. And he has multiple offers that he's weighing. Um, and I think ultimately, because Fields showed such significant strides after pretty much after that Thursday night football game, yeah, I think that they'll probably do the smart thing and just get you know some version of a King's Ransom to build up the roster. And the other cool part is it always seems like the edge rushers at the top of the draft never miss. Like ever. So if they're able to get like the third or fourth pick and they get one of those edge rushers, I can't remember mm-hmm. the last time you picked a guy that was an edge rusher that everybody knew was good. And then that guy just sucked. It happens for quarterbacks all the time. But it's not like for some yeah, reason. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, see the, what year was he? Ooh, that's a good 2016. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and this. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, 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 if I could Google it, I, I think I could think of a few. <laughs> yeah, they're in a they're in a really really good spot right now to where they can, you know, if they make a few of the few right decisions, that they, they could position themselves for quite a few years of success. That and bringing up free agency again. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of good free agents on the market. Let's the talk Bears about got, that. Yeah, that's the next thing for Jonathan. So <clears throat> I was on a show yesterday. And I told the guy that the Bears have more cap space than God. So what are they what are they gonna do with it, sir? Is this just a complete systematic down the depth chart? Boom, guy here, boom, guy there. Or do you have predictions or desires for specific superstars you want them to get? Now, this is the hard part. This is one <laughs> this, this is the second hard part. I'm sorry. Because uh, the draft is is mind boggling in in its own right. Uh, with free agency, uh, it's a headache because the Bears have more holes than a whorehouse. So <laughs> at this point, it's it's like we have to fill so many positions on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. What we seen last year was a lack of protection. People can talk about the time that Justin Fields had to throw all these different stats that people come up with and, and, and claim to, to, to defame or deface Justin Fields and his hyper feed and all this stuff like that. We seen it visually. He was getting smoked. Uh, running backs were getting smoked in the backfield. We had a great running game, but we could not hold the block long enough. Our screens were getting blown up. All type of things were happening. So we have to do something about these trenches. We absolutely need to uh, get the trenches on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive lines, solidified. And it has to be with veteran presence. I understand that, you know, there are are generational talents at the top of the draft on the defensive side. It just scares me that if we don't trade back with that pick uh, and and at least go to four, at least go to the Colts and get that their first and fourth uh, and their second and 35th and maybe even try to get a first for first or a second for next year uh, from them. And then I feel like we're leaving way too many holes open just to try to fork money over. And then we're going to get into a position where we forked so much money over and haven't filled as many uh as many holes as, as we need to. And then we have to depend on the draft next year. So this year will be pretty much shot because you might get three or four impact players uh, on uh, through free agency, but through the draft, you only maybe have seven picks. If you're you, if you're using that first round pick, because I don't, I, I understood. Uh, I understand that Pose did a, a, a magician type of job last year with his picks turning six to what 11 uh, out of that draft. But I don't think he can continuously do that over and over and, and keep moving back keep moving back uh, from 56 to into the third round or, or, and, and so on and so on. So to me, I feel like if you can start early, move back in the draft, 
and and collect those picks so we can feel then we can focus on veterans in the trenches like a uh, uh mike mcglinchey from the 49ers yeah uh, uh, orlando brown championship maybe since he's already got his championships he can I guess I can come and play for you bears and, and take a, a big lump sum of money, you know, a couple of big sturdy guys like that. Uh, maybe even reach out to Hargrave uh, from uh, yeah, the Eagles got him on my list too. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, obviously he's 30, you know, if it's a, it's a, if it's a, a good contract for both sides, you got a veteran presence in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like right a one or there. two deal. That's all it takes. It, Exactly. And then um, uh, TJ Edwards, if they don't resign TJ Edwards. Man, I also like Jacoby Myers and James Bradbury on the Bears as well. Jacoby Myers is super underrated, very yeah. hamstrung by New England. I think Jacoby yep. Myers is going to go somewhere this offseason. And he's he's in a Christian Kirk everybody to where everybody sees his contract. And they're like, what? And but I also think that he's going to be just like Christian Kirk in the sense of providing value back on it. And I could. In my head, I just see him in a Bears uniform. It looks great, and I think he'll be. I think he would be good for the Bears and be the right type of like. You know, they got to meet that minimum spending floor, right? And so you want to see them make investments in pieces that can help you find Justin Fields' ceiling and just moves like that. Perfect. Exactly. Mike McGlinchey, big fan as well. Exactly. I got Jacoby Myers on on my list as well, simply because I think any free agent. Uh, that's worth his his worth his weight or or is is decently valuable. Like people can call Jacoby Myers a bum because he can't stretch the field, can't do this, that, and the third. Those are those I only like football players that score touchdowns every touch type of player mm-hmm. uh, type of fans. But we need people that can actually help Justin Fields uh, from the line of scrimmage to the ten yard line. Get the ball out quick. People that can uh, uh, either separate or at least um uh, play his own very well, can can visualize the defense and know what they're gonna do before the snap so that they can get open quick enough or fast enough, uh have sure hands, and that's Jacoby Myers. I mean, if we're gonna talk about fantasy football later on, you know, uh <laughs> Jacoby Myers was a PPR magnet, you yeah, know, and uh, and a sleeper, you know, you so think- what do you think I'm they're going to do about their running backs? You think they bring David Montgomery back? They got all that money for Saquon, Josh Jacobs. What's going on here? <laughs> I, I really like the idea of Josh Jacobs <laughs> for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but maybe that's just uh, seeing what he did last year and oh, when he, he finally got the, the full opportunity. And with the run game that we have and the explosion that he has. He'd be punishing people. What, yeah, that's what that's what. Montgomery doesn't have mm-hmm. and I believe he may be that in between Josh Jacobs will be that in between David Montgomery and Saquon Price so you can get the get similar explosion plays that Saquon has and you can get some decent uh what um Demo has a a, a good shiftiness a good uh, break tackles, elusiveness. You got that in Jacobs. He can catch out of the backfield. He can block decently. And then you still got Herbert to back him up if necessary. And then Ebner is mm-hmm. still there unless they decide to go uh, another route with another running yeah. back. And you saw what Saquon did for Daniel Jones. He catapulted him from, is he on the team in 2023 to, I want $45 million a year. <laughs> Which right. could very well be where y'all are sitting next year. You know, maybe a uh, hopefully I'm I'm sure you're hoping a playoff win as well. But you know, yeah. you saw how a running back could really go a long ways, and maybe even flip people's thinking of paying running backs big money. They saw, um, you know, seeing seeing how that works out. If you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, maybe that pill isn't too hard to swallow. Hey Wes, the uh, yeah. the Bears have about ninety eight million dollars, which is leaps and bounds more than anybody else. I think the closest is the Falcons at about fifty five. So 
if if you assume that you know every free agent on average costs eight million bucks, that's like twelve players. Of course, some will cost mm-hmm. more than eight, and some will be dinker deals. That's like you know one side of the football. Do you? Th- I think it was in twenty twenty one. The Patriots and was it the Texans went through a, like a spending spree, and then last year it was the Jaguars. Do you think for sure the Bears are the team to do that this year, or is there any way that this is unremarkable for signees for the Bears West? Um. I think with their current roster construction, I, I do think a, a spending spree is on the horizon. Uh, if you look at a team like Cincinnati, um, they are in a win now position. Uh, they had uh, top five cap space last summer. Uh, they spent it very um, frugally. Uh, they were able to add some pieces, but they still enter this offseason with uh, a high um, cap number to spend. Um, conversely, you look at Jacksonville last year, they were a roster that had a lot of young talent, but n- not a lot of veteran talent to provide direction for uh, all that youth. And I, I think the Bears fit more in that mold um heading into next season so I, I could see them make a splash and and spend a, a good chunk of that money uh they'll do so wisely so that you know as they're as for when their young guys come up for contract be it justin fields or or anybody else they will be well positioned to be able to pay those type of players um one free agent that neither of those guys mentioned uh um he's a new free agent as of today uh that would make a lot of sense is taylor luan mm-hmm. i believe he will fall under the same category as Derek carr as an exclusive rights free agent where he can sign with anybody immediately um so that might be somebody that they could poach before uh you know free agency really starts going yeah, if I'm not mistaken, per cap hits, I think Justin Fields is the only player that's over $10 million on the Bears roster, and that's because of uh, his first round and then rookie deal being a quarterback. But that's remarkable that there's one guy that has a, a cap hit greater than $10 million, which kind of explains why they got about 100 mil in cash to spend. Uh, Jason, real quick before I ask Jonathan about his ideal offseason, I think the Broncos will have the cash for probably yeah, two to four acquisitions that are meaningful are they going to target the offense or defense side of the ball well so you mentioned the bears having like 98 million and they're at the top of the mm-hmm. of the available cap room broncos are like 13th and when you see that sign you're like well good they got a lot to spend they got like 13 <laughs> so it's like uh but you know they can get they can get up into the 20s high 20s with a couple of cuts and i think that they'll they'll, they'll probably do that um uh, but same with uh jonathan i think that they need to target the trenches on both sides of the ball um It'll, it'll depend on what they decide to do with Draymond Jones. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a mystery to me what Sean Payton wants, who he's going to bring in. Um, you know, if he's going to try to move on from like somebody like a Sutton and try to acquire somebody like a Michael Thomas. I don't know. There's talks, but then a couple shows ago, we were talking about like that being possible because isn't he hamstringing the Saints for a bunch of money? So he'd have to be, I guess, cut. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Linemen, uh-huh. offensive linemen, and more offensive linemen would be my guess. <clears throat> That's weird. That's really weird that your team just finished five and 12, but you're looking at the roster and not like panicking. You're like, well, yeah, just get some offensive linemen. And then maybe this coach knows what to do. You normally have your team just finished five and 12. You're talking like Jonathan talking about all the, the holes. Yeah. Well, gosh, and it's, it's really been unfortunate for us. I know I've, I've said it. Every year, you know, like maybe if we could just get a quarterback, you know, maybe if we could just, but in, in, in all honesty, it's, it's been a combination of everything. And the, one of the n- biggest things is injuries. I mean, they've just been such an injury, injury riddle team. I've never seen that collection of wide receivers all together on the field at once. There's always one out for the whole year and sprinkled in with a couple of them missing five, six games a year. So, you know, um, the, the strength and condition, conditioning coach has finally been relieved of 
of his duties. So we'll we'll, we'll consider that a, a win. That's where we're at in Denver now. But all right, John, yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you your preference now, and then Cody, I'm gonna chat with you about the Jaguars offseason last year to see if that's a blueprint for the rest of the league. But foremost, Jonathan, so you're in charge. What are you going to do with this pick? Uh, you don't have to tell me every single free agent you want, but kind of the the vision for free agency. And then where after your plan, does that get them in 2023? Is that, is that sniffing the NFC North? What do we got? Uh, just to piggyback off what I said earlier about uh, filling the trenches, getting the roster filled uh, and solidified on a, a offensive line and defense defensive side of the ball like Jay was talking about. Um, uh, obviously, I named some of the guys, but there are plenty of more. There's so many mm-hmm. guys, you know, like Wes said, you know, Taylor Luan and others. There's some more. Uh, even Philly got some more offensive linemen that should be uh, nice free agent pickups if if we really want to, because they had a almost – a depth chart of of three starting starting caliber caliber uh, offensive linemen, but uh, basically just locking in the trenches, draft or free agency. Uh, definitely got to get a few veteran uh, defensive linemen and offensive linemen to uh, obviously protect Justin Fields and actually get some pressure on the quarterback this year, uh, either through the draft. Or free agency, we need to add a solid slot receiver and or a number one receiver. Not saying that I don't have faith in Mooney or uh, Chase, but the more the better. You know, the more competition, the better. Uh, we got uh, Smith uh, Najibba in this draft. Uh, Justin Fields is 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 cheerleading for his addition. Uh, hopefully we can look into that. If we move back enough, you got Jordan Anderson and I believe the kid from uh, LSU. Uh, I'm pronouncing his name right. Bote. Bo, uh, uh, it's not booty. There's a lot. Booty. <laughs> it's not. It's no, it's saying it's, it's not, not booty. booty. It's, that's what it should be booty, booty though. <laughs> right. Especially the way he acted last year. But, you know, you got some people that you can look at in those later rounds like him. I mean, not later rounds, but mid, uh, second, third, you know, fourth type of rounds. Even if you add somewhere in there, add somebody that could come in and, and project and, and and get to a starting caliber type of receiver to add competition. Um, I'm also hearing word that um, Keenan Allen may possibly be a, a, a salary cap casualty. Uh, you know, he's older, coming off of injuries, but I mean, who's better at, at being a slot receiver and being somewhere that he could immediately impact if healthy, you know, to one, be a, a safety blanket for Justin, but also be able to teach a, a rookie wide receiver that's coming in, even help with Bayless Jones in the slot, you know, uh, help uh, help him uh, become more fine-tuned as a wide receiver. Uh, but definitely getting the, those trenches put together uh, and solidified. We couldn't get to the quarterback and we couldn't protect the quarterback last year. So that's an absolute need. I believe once the defensive line is locked in, then our defensive backfield, which we talked about last year mm-hmm. with, you know, drafting two great d- defensive backs uh, coming out of college. Uh, they had their bumps and bruises. They had their highlight plays and interceptions. Uh, but I believe they were burnt a lot of times because our our defensive line couldn't get to the quarterback. They had too much time just trying to track people down and stay in front of people or stay on point with them. And after a while, you're going to tire out. You're going to get beat every time if your defensive line isn't getting there. Uh, and I think that also will help with our linebackers, you know, and we might be able to draft a, uh, or find like a TJ Edwards, like I said, or, uh, Edmonds from uh, the Bills, you know, somebody like that to fill the hole of Rock Warquan Smith. Uh, hey, there's rumblings out of Denver, Jonathan, that uh, if they don't get a deal done with Draymond, he could potentially yeah, absolutely fit in over in Chicago. I'd, I'd welcome him and uh, hang his jersey on my wall. 
uh, instantly. Yeah. <laughs> we need somebody to get after these quarterbacks, especially in the NFC uh, North. You know, we got Rodgers ain't going nowhere. It doesn't seem like it. Jared Goff was pretty solid. His offensive line played pretty solid. And his receivers are only going to get better. Those young guys are going to be monsters next year to deal with. And then you got, you know, the Vikings. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Vikings <laughs> uh, up there in the north, you know, we all know what they're going to do with Cousins, but Cousins still can 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 put the ball out there. And he's got the re- receivers that, that can get it done. So we're at the bottom of the barrel. I, I say if we saw uh, – solidify both sides of the ball and, and get some veteran presence in, in here and, and are able to protect Justin and get to the quarterback, I believe we can be, we can move up to about second. I, I think we can battle. Second overall, back. right? Second and, overall and, pick? And, <laughs> ah, ah, come on. <laughs> second in the NFC North. Because I think the White Queens know that this was a fluke year because they always have a fluky every other year. So, you know, the one thing they can't do is get the Super Bowl. So, um, but moving along. Nate, did you <laughs> mention T. Higgins at all? He's not going uh, I was, yeah, but I didn't I know did. if we were going to talk about trades. I didn't know if we were going to talk about possible trade or, or you know, uh, wouldn't he be – He is he – our fate this year. There's a he, lot of trade talks going around with yeah, him. He's, he's, up, his he's up for he an extension, so everything's possible. He's a, I would trade right. for T. Higgins in a heartbeat. I'd That's why that they're going to keep him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they got they got Chase though coming up too, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I like I, I like I like Higgins, and I also like the idea somebody put out today on Bleacher Report. Uh, Cortland Sutton from I was from thinking of him too in Denver. Yeah. But if you're gonna go Cortland Sutton, I would rather you just go all in on DeAndre Hopkins, and he'd cost probably the same or less because of his age and the state of the team. You can give up a third for Cortland or give up a third for DeAndre. Yeah, but Cortland's go already DeAndre. got a pretty pretty team friendly contract in place, courtesy Cortland's of George a, Payton. Cortland's a fraud. Oh. He is. He is. <laughs> we need him out of there. He burned me too much in fantasy football. I will never again. Mess with Cortland Sutton. <laughs> Cody, I I'm mean, gonna... he, had to, he had to deal with dangerous this year. The dangerous <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> Cody, I'm going to stick with you. So last year, I made fun of the Jaguars. Not quite at this time on the calendar, but about two or three months, or about two months from now, uh, because they just spent a lot of money on what I thought was just for the sake of sending spending money. But it worked! And yep. they got to the postseason after a nasty little start, and what a playoff game um so do you think that when a team you know accrues that cap space is that the kind of the blueprint do it get the right coach and you got your young quarterback and just spin like a crazy person see it's all about the way you do it and the way the jaguars did it is they spent it on premium positions they filled uh, a valuable nickel corner spot uh with demarius rent i believe demarius randall they picked up a tight end who ended up being top five and having all the athletic potential in the world, which if you're going to spend a lot of money on a tight end, you want them to have a chance to be a game breaker. Otherwise, you're just wasting your money on a blocker and a slow receiver. But then you also see them make moves to sustain themselves for the future. This didn't involve spending money, but like Calvin Ridley, but also with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, these are all premium positions that are going to do nothing but help Trevor Lawrence. And I really do think that the Bears can follow something similar to this. They're needing a lot of the same positions. The Jaguars signed a defensive tackle last year. That was, uh, I'm not going to try to say his name. Um, And then, uh, it's a pretty crazy name. And then the linebacker they got from uh, the Falcons as well. He was, I believe, uh, top three graded that year. And then, again, last year, he posted like another 150 tackles. I think that the Jaguars, oh, and not to mention they also got offensive line with Brandon Scherf. So, I mean, Um, it definitely is a blueprint to go. None of those guys are, um, I don't think any of those guys are going to be off the team in the next three years. So you could kind of see exactly who they went to go acquire. And it sounds silly, but it's like, it's kind of like a smart Madden player. Like, you know, in Madden, the ratings are always going to go down after they turn 28. So you don't go sign any. 27-year-old free agents, 28-year-old free agents. I think that um, 
even when they did with like the corner they got, he was just signed to a two-year deal with an out after the first year. There's so many ways to manipulate this cap. I think that the old ways of saying, hey, you win free agency, you're lose, you're going to lose the season. I, I think that's going to start seeing its way out the window, especially as these cap ranges get so skewed with the uh, cap room in the NFL. It's jumping astronomically. And so we just saw a team got the second AFC South title in franchise history, got a playoff win, all of this after getting the number one overall pick back-to-back. I think they might be on to something here. And the Bears are definitely in a position to repeat it. Just hopefully they're not taking a defensive tackle one overall, you know. But, I mean, even if they did, there's still a window here for them to possibly make a playoff push, even though the roster looks like this right now. Uh, Jonathan could be joining us in August with a way different team. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the, that was the, you know, cause polls was on the radar for the Vikings. It was down to he and Quasi Dafa Mensa. And because they didn't do much to contend uh, last off season, we collectively were like, God, thank God we didn't get that polls guy uh, because <laughs> you know, you're, you're staring at the other side going, what's he thinking? Well, now he's chilling here with all this money and in a, a really good decision tough decision to make uh that we've been chatting about for the first part of the show and it's kind of a cool spot especially you know for the hope for the future yeah all right wes i'm gonna ask you this uh, last question of the night and it's about fantasy um so we're gonna see some pretty well pretty typical free agent movement this off season and for fantasy drafts early this september we'll talk about regular leagues that are ppr not dynasties just redrafts who do you, sir, think stands to climb draft night boards the most uh, based on where he might land? Free um, agency? Yeah, free agency or just trade? Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I I'm sorry. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Dip into the, uh, the Calvin Ridley trade. Okay, uh, yeah, let's do that. I know that was... Um, before the season ended, but uh, I, I do think that that trade will have um, you know, major upside for Ridley. Um, and I, I think at least initially he will be drafted below where he probably should be. So I, I think the value that is there for him. Uh, we might see some of these free agent running backs move in the off season. I don't see them necessarily increasing their their salary or the, the draft capital in terms of where where they are drafted um but i could see it with a a, a pass catcher be it wide receiver or uh tight end uh, um yeah cody what do you got i already touched on on him earlier before i think that if you go acquire uh, DeAndre Hopkins, his value is only going to go up. And then uh, kind of already missed our opportunity on uh, Cooper Cup, who was another good one earlier in the year. But let's go with my actual decision and, and one of my guys, Ramondre Stevenson. I think that the arrow is only pointing up for a guy that Bill Belichick once compared to um, Lawrence Taylor. And so to me, as a running back, that's awesome. He's already... 220 plus pounds catches the ball like crazy. I don't, I see new England's offense staying. I mean, it's probably going to get better with bill O'Brien, but still, when you look at that offense, who's really there, especially if Jacoby Myers leaves. So Ramondre Stevenson ended up winning a lot of leagues last year. I, I think that he's still being too undervalued. When I was pondering this question today, it kind of was a, a good lesson on, I was I I interpreted this as free agency, so I apologize. It kind of gave me a lesson about how good of a free agent class it is for non-fantasy football items, uh, because there's good corners, uh, some good off-ball linebackers, good offensive linemen. But then when you get to the wide receivers, um, unless you think Jacoby is going to be a WR one, it's like, all right, do we really think Odell Beckham or Juju is going to be somebody you mm-hmm. draft? And then tight ends, of course, Ingram and then uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, excuse me, Dalton Schultz, 
you're like, all right, well, he seems good, but is he going to be somebody that you care about on draft night until around nine, 10? Probably not. But, you know, if you were playing fantasy with cornerbacks and the rest of the stuff, it's a real juicy free agency. So that's the lesson learned that um, those in those running backs, Saquon, Jacobs, Miles Sanders, are they really going to be a whole lot better wherever they go? Or if they just stay home, right. they're just going to be the same mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so I think that was kind of a lesson learned that perhaps depending on the, the rookie class, how enthused you get by it and Bijan and all that, that going into fantasy draft season, you're kind of going to be doing the Spider-Man meme to what you already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah, it, which makes it's preparation gonna be real interesting. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how long these running backs wait to sign. Are you going to have some that want to go ahead and jump the gun to take up one of those musical chair spots? Or are you going to have running backs who are more wanting to see a path touches so that they can keep up their value? And are they going to wait till after the draft? I mean, the it's it's truly like a running back apocalypse is about to happen this summer. And even though people are kind of talking about it, not enough people are. It's going to be oh, crazy with some of these landing spots. Watching film every day, I'm like, there's there's not enough teams for these running backs. There's like 17 I would like to have on my Vikings team. Out of like 21 <laughs> of the running backs, I would draft like 17 of them. They're insane. And then running back, free agent class, Saquon, Josh Jacobs, um, Tony Pollard. It's nuts. Yeah, it, and it's so weird. You're a little bit younger than the panel, Cody, but most of us, and you you too, you grew up with running backs almost mm-hmm. being like the seven-foot center of basketball, where if you had David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, uh, Shaq, all of the Patrick Ewing, you had those yeah. dudes, you were fine. You were going to the postseason. And if you had Emmett Smith, maybe not Barry Sanders because it was the Lions, you were set. But now that, I agree, Cody, is completely dying because of analytics, where and then the, and it bores out every time a fucking team wins a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, the guy is a guy hasn't even paid a million bucks most of the time. <laughs> or even look at Zeke. He's, what, 28, and people are talking about how he, he has no legs now. If this was 2005, mm-hmm. things have changed so much. If this is 2005, I'm willing to bet we'd have five first-round running backs this year. At least. We're talking yeah. about starting so first-round yes. running backs. So you're talking about five phenomenal football players that are probably going to start sniffing the fifth round. And it's... Yeah, they're, I mean, we're talking guys that I think are first, second round talents will be hoping to have their name called by the end of the fourth. Yeah, Travis. and that's kind of... That's kind of... When I seen the question, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to speak to this question. Sure. But when yeah. I seen it on the... When I seen it on the list, I kind of thought outside of the box a little bit, kind of like um, <clears throat> uh, Wes did a little earlier with his uh his draft or his, his draft trade uh of Lamar Jackson and the first round pick. I went to what coach that was traded can make an actual player <laughs> take off. Mm. Because I thought the same way. I thought the same way about the running backs and the wide receivers. I'm like, I don't think any movement can make them any better. Jacobs had a monster year. Saquon had mm-hmm. a monster year. Etc. It's that Tony Pollard had a monster year. Like, where can he go to become that much more of a monster? Uh, so I thought about the current or most recent trade of Sean Payton yeah. to the Denver Broncos and what that can do for Javante Williams. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jerry because Judy. He, <laughs> I, I got both of them. I got both of them written down. But if you think about if you think about what he can do for Javante Williams, who is already ascending before pre-injury and he was taken off but that trash no offense jay uh offense i think you can call it an offense last year uh but everyone's uh coaching is all gone so it was offensive that, that that's should... for sure it was it was yeah, absolutely it was, appalling it <laughs> so with sean payton coming in and what he's been able to do for running backs like ingram and and alvin kamara and i feel like Javante is a mix of both of those. He can do the power running like Ingram, but he can also catch out of the backfield and make you miss like uh, like Kamara. And and what that opens up for him and 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 the development of him under Sean Payton, that's gonna take Javante 
to to another level of running back. Is he, so and let's he just hope that he can come this? back. Yeah. Let's just hope he can come back at full strength. I mean, he had uh, it, the leg injury in in two different spots. It was spots. mutilated, like wasn't it? The, yeah, it was. The it was awful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, and that's and, and that's the thing. That's why I said, you know, coming off an of injury. You know, if he does come back, you know, we have remarkable uh, medical nowadays. Yep. You know, if this was maybe five years ago, 10 years All ago, right. you, you would probably be like, mm, what about- I don't know. And I, I <laughs> pro- probably still right now, you know, like yeah, you said, uh, it was then- pretty bad. But if he can come back at least 85, 90 percent mm-hmm. with the way that uh, that Sean Payton schemes uh, running backs out of the backfield for pass plays, for routes, uh, schemes his run game. You know, Alvin Kamara doesn't really take huge hits yeah. a, a lot of times because it's schemed and blocked so well. So I, I thought about that with Javante, but also Jerry Judy. The only reason why I didn't really put Ju- Jerry du- Judy above uh, Javante in my thought process was the thought of him possibly being traded mm-hmm. with, you know, them needing to kind of reset that offense. I don't know what Sean Payton is going to do with with court. Uh, Cortland Sutton and and Jerry Judy and they've both been you know talk or in rumors for trades over the last couple of years. So, man, I kind of thought of Javante. I'm sorry, go y'all ahead. set off a light bulb in my head. I have not seen this anywhere yet. So when I speak it into existence, Jameer Gibbs, the Jamal Charles slash Alvin Kamara clone. I need to see him in Denver. I need to see him in Denver <laughs> with Sean Payton. He would be <laughs> literally the perfect fit. I would probably go buy his jersey immediately. I love Jameer Gibbs. There I mean, is. he would he would be <laughs> beautiful in Denver. That's the tr- and that's the I tr- mean, tr- like y'all were saying, they don't have a lot of holes. So Denver is one of those teams where people are like, you're going to spend your first pick of the draft on a running back. Well, you know, this, especially with Javante on the men, this could be a move that really does catapult a team like Denver because they are built up for a running back to come in and, you know, help them out. That could help out that defense that is suffocating already. And Russell Wilson. Mm, yeah, well, Denver did the, what they did last year has, uh, has eliminated expectations moving forward. <laughs> I, I will have no more ever again. Ever. So, I'll give it till June. No, I, I have no no excitement, Cody. Yeah, no, no excitement. I, I'm just gonna wait and see. But I, you know, it's good to have a finally an, uh, an ownership mm-hmm. group in place and a proven leader well, I think in place. Jason's problem was that. There's even if he talked himself into excitement like he usually does each summer, then he's going to be paranoid that this is how I felt last <laughs> year. So I'm not going to do this again. I'd be a goddamn fool to start getting really right. excited because last year yeah. was supposed to be ironclad. Yeah, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, you you get that you get the future Hall of Fame quarterback and you bring in a young offensive minded coach. <laughs> And th- this is supposed to just really do everything. And instead, it it pushed. The, it, it was worse. Yeah. I mean, it it, it can't get any more. I mean, and, and I'm kind of glad it happened because you know, hey, what you? Yeah. I mean, what what do you do now? Yeah, we traded for Sean Payton. I do like Sean Payton's social media acumen, though. <laughs> what you just sent me, Dustin, oh, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I said. Have, like, um, have you watched that Netflix movie with um, Adam Sandler's friend? yet now that you got sean payton's sean payton is coach you know what i'm talking about with uh kevin james kevin james, james. <laughs> yeah yeah you i, I do as your coach you gotta watch it now jason <laughs> yeah i will i will i got a question though real quick doesn't really pertain to anything that we talked about tonight but it talks about the franchise tag i saw franchise tag numbers um about what they're going for for each position and i it, it didn't come from like any any you know um verified sites or anything it was just kind of a kind of a uh, a meme but i want to make sure and if it was right are defensive ends and linebackers pretty close to the same amount no is, like, is a linebacker more it should be less unless it should it's be an outside yeah. linebacker well that's what my confusion was because oh, yeah. they had the the linebacker position at I, I want God. I want to say more than the defensive end position, but the only way that that because my question was then, I guess, are they grouping every linebacker in that category? Because that can't yeah, be. You're not going to fran- you're not going to franchise tag a middle linebacker for I damn see, near twenty million. I see what Jason's saying. I, I, I see it here online. It says uh, uh, linebackers are uh, almost twenty one mil. 
and and the defensive ends are at 19.7. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so that would mean that you'll essentially never see an off-ball linebacker franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd right. be, yeah. be a dipshit. But, but that would be like, so they don't have a separate group for those people. That It's just one, you know, whether it's outside, whether it's like a Vaughn Miller or yeah, it's like it's, an inside guy yeah. like Alex Singleton. Yeah, that's the three-fourization yeah. of football, how they haven't quite separated these yet because it's the reason that the best off-ball linebackers will get paid 17 million and the best edge, ruck- edge rushers mm-hmm. are going to get 28 30 um so right. yeah they, they haven't figured this out yet and then the edge rusher is primarily considered or what i used to think was a defensive end but that yeah. could be an outside linebacker in a, too in a, in a three four it's uh mm-hmm. oh, it's an olb it gets dicey because <clears throat> even when i'm writing about him i'm like all right what should i call him today an edge rusher yeah, should i call yeah. him a linebacker so all right That's gentlemen sure. jonathan yeah there you go jonathan um we're gonna have you back this summer after the draft, you uh, connect with Wes and figure out the best time, and then we can start Absolutely. to go through. Now that you can, you can fine tune your prognosis and how the team looked because the, the the puzzle will have come together substantially by that time. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Anything else? Hey, thanks no. for coming on tonight, Jonathan. Absolutely, right, man. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I miss you guys. <laughs> All right, we'll All talk right. to you in a couple oh, yeah. months. Have a good night, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.